Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to The Milk Round with me, Mike Maniskowski. Now, I've been a milkman now for over 35 years. And what I do once a week is I sit back and I talk about the greatest thing in the world, which is milk with fellow milkmen. Now, on today's show, we've got a legend in the milk game, a guy called Christopher Milk Barnes. Why is milk his middle name? Because milk is the only language this man understands. So give it up for Chris Barnes. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show. I've been wanting you on this for a little while on, on the milk round. Uh, there's a lot of modern milks coming in at the moment. There are over 75 different milks. And this was touched on last week's podcast, uh, the shopping aisle one with uh, AMJ. And just want to say, what's your opinions on delivering milk that is not from a cow? Always have it on a milk float. Battery powered. Save the environment. Ah, bloody great stuff. Give it up for Chris, everyone. There we go. I've been doing it since I was a kid. I know you have. I know you have. I'm the milky bar kid. You are the milky bar kid. Good on you. Good on you. Milkmen shouldn't have podcasts. They just shouldn't have podcasts. It's not the milk round. It is. Small screen 90s with me, AMJ. And who's that sat over there? It's me trying to find if there's any milkman podcasts. There's not. See if there is actually, well, maybe there is now. Maybe we need to start a milkman-related podcast. Do you, do you still get milk from a milkman? No, from the shop. I think, I think that's what killed it, shops. And you can just dispose of the bottle yourself. You don't need to have a little man come around and destroy your glasses. That's it. I have that enough with my readers. It's, it's an odd thing, isn't it? It's like, if, if I could have the milk delivered... But with everything I needed for that day, I'd definitely do it. Imagine, imagine waking up and on your doorstep is the full lineup for a fry up. Just there. There's a, uh, a podcast on Audible called The Witness, and the first episode is called The Milkman. I think that's probably about a milkman who goes around massacring people. I'm talking about your upbeat, friendly milkman. I want to spin off like Postman Pat on this. I don't want to be like that milkman. What yeah, do they what... call him the milk? He put him in milk bottles after he ground him down. But apart from the milk not being there, what calamities could this milkman character, Mikey Milk? I don't know. He'd need a pet, wouldn't he? He'd need some sort of animal sidekick, the milkman. A younger brother, Mini Milk. Mini Milk, Mini Milk. <laughs> Mini Milk, who, who doesn't want to go into the milk trade, who wants to be an ice cream man. And then he wants to be a farmer. Cow. He wants to work with the other side of the cows. He's like, oh, man, this all writes itself. This is a Channel 5 film already. Yeah, Milkshake on Channel 5. Come on, just come on, commission it. He, he, he can advertise in the interval of that. Milk's in your blood, Dave. Milk's in your blood. Maybe I don't want to be a milkman. Maybe I want to be a farmer. No. I think it'd be great. I wrote a book which is basically my mum's idea at school about a uh, lion tamer that didn't want to be a lion, lion tamer actually wanted to be a clown so he, he became a clown <laughs> I still remember I still remember that story and my that's teacher said that's really good and I thought yeah because I've nicked it and my comedy career started then is that a lot like your own personal story like, it is I didn't want to be a lion tamer you, you never wanted to be you didn't want to go into the family lion taming business 
So instead, you became the clown, and you got loved by the nation. I've also put a red nose on. No one on the no one on the stream can see it on the podcast. I appreciate it for the listener. Chris is wearing a red nose from Comic Relief last year. No, it's this year. This year's comic. What what is the nose for this year's Comic Relief? It looks like some kind of uh, Star Wars thing. It looks Uh, like a bear. A bear. Uh, An Ewok. An Ewok or a Wookiee. We could call that Milkman's sidekick a Milky, like a little bear who who just loves drinking milk. But that's the problem. Every time he's on the milk boat, he keeps trying to drink the milk. (laughs) You're listening to the writer's room. You're listening to the writer's room right now. Podcast. You're listening to two comedians who really need to diversify their career a little bit more. But you all right? How's you in yourself? I'm good. I... I uh, got a puncture on my bike yesterday, which is fun. Who did that? Was it one of the local milkmen? No, it was going under an underpass. It's for the glass. Is it all right now, though? It's all right now. A little man from Halfords came along and fixed it. Did you go to Halfords? I did. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't just be walking past and went. <laughs> <laughs> where do you work? Halfords, where you're just the man I need to see. Well, speaking of sort of like that. My brother was on the train with my mum and a man yeah. fainted and my brother put him in the recovery position like he was some oh, kind no, of doctor. That's, that's brilliant. Did, did he thank him? He did. Are, are they now the best of friends? That's what I like. Oh, apparently he knew him. He knew someone who knew him as well. Uh, you, you've changed it a bit now because if he didn't know it, it was an act of bravery. Now if he knew him. No, no, no. He, he found out that they had a friend in common. Ah, yeah, it was like, oh, let, let this Dave on the floor. Oh, might as well pick him up. Come on, come on, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Dave. If that would have been Keith, he could have stayed down on that floor. Oh, but, well, what a week, what a week. You may have had a puncture, but there's been a life saved, and that is yeah. the joy of the world. So what have you been doing this week? Uh, it's only it's only Wednesday, listener. Don't be fooled. By no, it's Monday. Being... It's Monday. Oh, is it? It's Monday. Oh, illusion. <laughs> All right, Richard Aaron. Uh, so... It is Monday. It's only Monday, and I've done two gigs, and yeah, I did. I did Tunbridge Wells Fringe, Chris, and it was fan fucking tastic. And I did the Louis last night, and that too was fantastic. So I'm already winning, and I'm spending Monday very early in the morning before nine o'clock with you. So what is there to lose? No, no, no. Before eight o'clock, it goes out before- by eight o'clock. There's me frantically editing it an hour before it goes out. Going, come on, I know. We get should it on the really internet. Do this in the midweek and then launch it on the Monday. Yeah, that would be a good idea. Like do it on Wednesday or something. Yeah, that'd be a great idea. But no, no, you've got to stay with the timeline. But we're not here to talk about us. We're here to talk about one thing and one thing only. And what's that, Chris? It's small screen nineties. It's small screen nineties. You play those titles. You're listening to Small Screen Night. He's the only podcast in the entirety of the multiverse, universal, wherever you're listening to this, where we talk about TV shows from the 90s. We rate them out of 90s and we have a bit of banter along the way. A podcast that some people are saying this would be the next big thing if it weren't all based on the 90s. So what do we have first, Chris? We have, how do you even say it? Is it Fault Bullyard? I honestly, that is the exact reason why I got you to announce it. Boyard. 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 That fault-based thing from Channel 5. Based on a French game show. 
Oh, you're already getting info, people. I didn't. I didn't know it was on Channel Five, but when I'd watched it, I thought, "Ah, oh, this is why I missed out on it for because it was on the '90s on Channel Five with no one had it." I thought that. I didn't think this is why Chris missed out on it. I thought this is why I missed out on it. Thank you, challenge. Have we have we, have we, have we played the theme? We did when I said it. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. What happens is, is I go back and edit it. I don't play it live, mate. Come on, this is, epi- this is episode twenty. <laughs> The money we've been spending on bands recreating the themes during this podcast, potless. There's Jules Holland and the boogie woogie lady in the corner going, come on, when are we going to play yeah. the theme? And I'll be honest, I've been looking at them for a while. I don't think that man actually is Jules Holland. Isn't he? No, I like, and the band is, well, I, I say band, there's only four of them, and one of them's on the blink. Uh, so... I never watched this like you. I never watched this in the 90s, but I heard it referenced quite a lot in the playground. And let me tell you something. Kids loved this. Did they? They did. They did in my school. And also two stories about this that reminded me of weird times. Now, me and my PE teacher never got on. Ask yourself why. And I remember once him telling the class that he used to go out with Melinda Messenger Right, bearing in mind this is the PE teacher. One time I got told something in PE, I'm sat in the office and there was a picture of him with Melinda Messenger in the on his kind of list of stuff. But it wasn't like kind of a loving, like there in a couple, it was her stood there and him awkwardly smiling next to her. Odd, odd, odd man. And at that time, I thought, one, I don't need PE, and also if you've broken up with someone. Why would you have a picture of your ex on your desk in a school? Well, and to show off to kids. Go, look, I used to go out with this model. Yeah, yeah, it's like, wow, man. Now you're a PE teacher. This is treasure guarded by tigers. So they had me straight away. I think, think, though, like, this is the thing. Watching it, the tigers had me straight away. Where the fort was had me straight away. It was such an exciting kind of, well, this is going to be good. But on the intro, just cut away randomly to a seagull for about five (laughs) seconds. And it was that thing of going, you don't need the seagull. You've got the tigers. And Leslie Grantham being me. Right. I don't know what you feel about this, but Leslie Grantham being mean, great. It did not need Melinda Messenger. It could have just been Leslie Grantham, but do you reckon someone from like Crystal Maze came in and was like, you can't just have someone being a bit odd and a bit mean doing puzzles. We need to cover up that this is not the Crystal Maze. It is the Crystal Maze, isn't it? But It was 110% the Crystal Maze. They had the professor, they had to go up to the top and get a, a clue from the professor. Yeah, he was playing that part a bit, a bit too invested for my liking. He's played Doctor Who. He's the oldest Doctor Who, apparently. Really? The oldest actor that's played Doctor Who. I think with Doctor Who as well, there was a weird period like in the like 80s and 90s where none of those actors actually had any respect from anyone. And just no, no. Being, like... <laughs> and also, I hate riddles. I, 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 they're the one thing of going, oh, when is a door not a door? Oh, What's in a jar but outside of my soul? Kind of rubbish. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a peacock. I hate him. Just ask him some questions. Just, just do it on the fashion. Uh, don't wear a yellow jumper with a black bra underneath because it's quite obvious. I think I, uh, look, look, looking back, very different times. And uh, my <laughs> people loved this show. Loved it. Yeah, of course, he did. He was always watching it, crying, crying he was, bless him, at the same time, thinking, why? Why did you leave me? Who was the bloke that banged the gong? Was he called Monsieur Bull? Monsieur Bull, can you bang the gong, please? And also, I don't know if you watched it back with the theming. It didn't seem to have much theming and just kind of looked like they'd spent an hour and a half on it. Yeah, they, they said, answer the riddle, we're going to throw the key into the sea and you have to go swim for it. What, where was it filmed? Was it off the Isle of Wight? 
I didn't do that much research. I I, uh, I assume it was. It looks like well, I think this place is for sale at the moment. For what? I so, so he... remember if yeah, it's for sale. I think we can buy it. That could be the small screen nineties recording studio. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a bugger to commute to. It was a bit like Gladiators because the, the contestants were sort of like in Gladiator gear doing Crystal Maze. I, uh... and, what I, and what I hate about Crystal Maze is the um, right. You try and do you. You start doing a bit of your stand up. Oh, uh, don't you hate it sometimes? When come on, Adam. Come on. Yes, yes, Adam. Come on. Yes. Go on, Adam. Go on. Them, yes. Go on. Go on, Adam. Go on. I'm doing my best. I am doing my best. That is so annoying. You know, in this crystal maze, O'Brien yeah. doesn't really give you that much of. Doesn't give you a big clue. Of what to do. And then the messenger's basically going, right, go up there and pull the thing. And there's that, what? We're meant to work that out on our own without you telling us what we're doing. And also, the character he's playing is very similar to the character from Rocky Horror Show. I think it's that kind of that, that, that kind of character. Also, Leslie Grantham, the character is very similar to the character he played in EastEnders. But somehow you have to suspend your disbelief and believe that he has ended up in this weird fort where he's just angry at people with no real explanation why. Well, remember when he got shot in EastEnders and he was gone for ages? He went there and then he came back again when he went, hello, Uh, princess. Is this this like, is this his heaven? Is this what he is? Is this this purgatory? Is this dirty? Oh, what was his name? Dirty Den's Burgundy, but they couldn't call it that. What Fort Boyard? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like it. Now, also in the other versions, they get a lot closer to the tigers than they did in this this one. There's literally one where they're in a little car, and the the tiger is actually on top of on top of the car. Oh, it's just where all this threat, and then the minute they say, "Oh, we're going to go and solve the clue," they take all the tigers out. And then, you want the permanent threat of tigers, don't you? Well, they could have been around the outside in a cage. Um, that's probably not a good idea, is it? Also, again, how did the tigers get there? <laughs> On a boat. On a boat. <laughs> Just a bunch of tigers. We'll be there soon. <laughs> Milky Milkman dropped them off before. Milky the Milkman dropped them off as a franchise. The tiger who came for tea. Yet there was no milk. <laughs> Uh, I I just I don't know why people liked it so much other than my PE teacher even at the end they had like a gold thing that came down which is basically the same crystal maze thing of just collecting all the coins and sticking them in the why did they not get sued but, but why would you want a crystal maze knockoff that badly well there's also House of House of uh, Games with uh, Osmond and also Taskmaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose there is, which are very similar. I've never really noticed that before. Well, should I put? Oh, he tried to try and get a sword out of the out of the ground. Uh, yeah, I watched this late last night, so all my notes are all scribbled. I I watched it on the way back from a gig, and I wrote riddles. I hate you. My PE teacher, and I remember once as well, my dad used to work in the shopping centre as a security guard, and there was many shops in that shopping centre, and one was a shop called Sound Deals, and it would sell video games and many other things, and uh, he came home once with a full cardboard cutout of Melinda Messenger and said, did I want it, with the full Foyard thing on the bottom, and it stayed in my room for about a year. <laughs> Uh, there have been other celebrity guests in it in later series. Go on, who's appeared on this? Tom Breaker. Yeah, of course. Uh, Keith Duffy. What from Boyzone? Yeah. Uh, the man's on fire. Oh, oh, the man on wire. He was. He had to go across the top. The woman had to go across the top. Sort of. And all Linda's going. Can you come on? Hurry up! Come on, come on. And it's like a 40 foot drop, and she's shitting herself. And she's like, Well, come on. Or we won't be able to get the clues to find out what it is. I do think there were parts where Melinda Messenger ran out 
of what to say after come on, come on, come on. Come on, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Just let them do it. It's TV, there's tigers. It doesn't need any more. They're already here. But we're saying this ripped off things. I think the producers of I'm a Celebrity watched this with the bit with the guy at his head stuck in and all these ants and snakes were around the outside of him and he was going through and I was like, this just looks like a bush tucker trial. It did look like a bush tucker trial and yeah. And it would have been around the same time. Do you know that's 20 years old now? I'm a <gasps> Is it? Yeah. It's still going. Why? Why? Uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of this. It just, I don't know. I don't think it knew what it was. I don't have any nostalgia for it. And I'll be honest, I'd give it 20. I'd give it 20. Wow. Do you know what we're going to do now? Let's, Let's lock it in. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 20 points for four. Boyakasha. Uh, what's next on the old lineup, Chris? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you said oh. that like it's old off. Where's your homework? I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember, Adam. Please don't make me watch you trust again. Well, um, <laughs> maybe we could go to Castle Transylvania and meet Count Dracula. Also, before we even start. What an intro. What an amazing theme tune. Castle Dracula, home for many centuries to a dreadful dynasty of vicious vampire ducks, the Counts of Dracula. Legend has it that these foul beings can be destroyed by a stake through the heart or exposure to sunlight. This does not suffice, however, for they may be brought back to life by means of a secret rite that can be performed once a century when the moon is in the eighth house of The latest reincarnation did not run according to plan. Hey, 
Dracula. <laughs> well, I was intrigued by the by the old uh, intro. So I thought, oh, there must be, like, the first episode must be the backstory of how he came to bow. No, it's not. It's about Jim. <laughs> and they go straight into it. He's already the vampire. And I was like, no, no, I want an origin story. I want to know what happened with the tomato sauce and all that. That No. I love that first episode. Is that the one where he ends up in the Foreign Legion? It might be. I didn't watch that far. I just realised that it wasn't going to be an origin story to so turn it off. I, uh, I watched this back, and I remember, because my, uh, my cousin had loads of Count Ducula videos, but what happened was he grew up, he grew into a man, and he was like, I don't need these Count Ducula videos anymore. So then I acquired 12 Count Ducula videos, and I think it's just, there's a lot of nostalgia on this one. Even the intro, the idea of trying to resurrect a vampire duck, what, by putting in tomato ketchup instead of blood, creating a veg. Also, he's a vegetarian, which makes it so much better. The idea... That this vampire is a vegetarian as well. I just—he's a vegan, a vegan, a vegan, and, and in the nineties as well. That would have been hard for that duck. Also, I'll put this out there: the nineties was very duck heavy. <laughs> it was duck heavy. I mean, like there was quite a lot of ducks doing their round in the nineties. I don't know why, and it hasn't—it's eased off a bit now. Who's the who's the bad guy? What the, the weird Sherlock Holmes ripoff? Yeah, I think he's meant to be—he's meant to. It's meant to be Van Helsing, isn't he? I think so. Uh, it, it changes from episode to episode on it, but there is an incredible crossover with Danger Mouse on this. Not this uh, episode, I've, se- I've seen that. And uh, David Jason, when he first did the character, he's doing his best uh, Daffy Duck impression to be American. <laughs> <laughs> I love David Jason's voice on it. I think it's really odd because he doesn't actually sound like David Jason all of the time like there's slip-ups on it every now and then and you think oh that sounds a bit david jason but he generally sounds like a character oh dr von von goosewing dr von goosewing and also duck puns like dr von goosewing is like we're not good that's a goose pun but there was a lot of that why what what was it with ducks in the 90s please write in he's doing a very bad germany accent yeah, you wouldn't get away with that now, would you? <laughs> well, right. well, 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 did you watch Thor Love and Thunder with Russell Crowe? Yeah, well, God knows what Russell Crowe was trying to do with that accent. <laughs> Hello, dear. Hello, my friend. I just have a bit grape. Come on, let's have a little party. Also, <laughs> you, you doing? might have to cut, cut this out because I don't know how much of a spoiler. Did you stay to the end? I did stay to the end. How good did you feel when you saw Who Was Who? At the end, didn't that just make you feel good about life, knowing that that person was that person? <laughs> I like the fact he would. I'm trying not to spoil it for anyone. In, in, like, at yeah, the that moment, but... that person at the end. I realised that, that person was that person. I was like, but yes, I like that end, person. I like that person a lot. And I generally see him as someone yeah, in but, one of us. <laughs> but going by going by Russ, Russell Crowe's accent, um, the other person should be Mario. <laughs> hello, Dad. Hello, Daddy. Hello, hello, everybody. It is me, Zeus. Me, Mario. Sorry for anyone who hasn't watched it. I'll put I'll put a spoiler thing at the end for Thor, for Thor Love and Thunder. <laughs> also, if someone has listened to that and worked out what has happened, then you deserve an award or must be a detective. Yeah, if anyone's listening and you haven't seen it, but you worked out what we meant, yeah. um. Russell, message us. Russell Crowe turns up. Russell Crowe turns up. I'm just going to Russell Crowe! Isn't it? That's another bird pun. Oh, no. It's Russell Crowe. That's his actual name. Uh, it's his actual... There was too much bird puns back then. I didn't like Nanny. She's effing annoying. Ooh, ducky. Oh, Ducky Poos! Oh, no, what have they done now? Oh, dear. What's going on? Oh, no. Shut up. Just... I remember, like, first getting into trouble in school. Because there was a dinner lady who looked exactly like Nanny, but <laughs> also broke her arm once. And I was like, oh, and I think I said, ooh, ducky, to her once. And uh, I kept getting in trouble. But like parenting's changed because I remember my dad telling me it was really funny. So then I kept <laughs> on doing it. That's not like... what parents are meant to even do then. They're meant to say, 
no, Adam, that sounds like bullying. Maybe you should stop. Yeah, but he doesn't have the same mentality. Like, I remember once I was working in a butcher's and him and the other butchers decided to tell me that the turkey bandits were on the way because Christmas was coming. And could I stay overnight in a hammock with a gun in case anybody breaks in in order to, like, protect the turkeys? And I was like, all right. And I said to Dad, I was only 15 going, are you all right with me doing this? Going, yes, son, it's your time to become a man. And they left me for three and a half hours with the lights off and a cap gun in a hammock before they opened the door and went, hey, wanker! So, yeah. Yeah, but that's fine. Yeah, it was terrifying as well. Imagine being 15 and thinking a load of, like, gangsters are going to break in and steal all these turkeys. Yeah, but nowadays, kids are on phones, just Google Goose Bandit. Smokey and the no. Goose Bandit, and realise it's actually maybe a prank. I think the thing is, as well with it, is it was sold in such a way that I was like, well, shouldn't you phone the police? You go, don't phone the police, because they take away all the meat and pretend they're using it for forensics, but they're cooking it up, they're eating it all. Like, you need to become a man. It was <laughs> horrible. I think, as well, that the hammock that I was in was just one of the things you used to put one of the lambs in. It was like, I just, so this was not the man to then go, I've I've just been told off going, you will do. You've learned a valuable life lesson. So, Count Duckula. Count Duckula has brought back a lot already. Uh, What did you think? I want Igor, or probably Duck Gore, as he was referred to. (laughs) Duck Gore. Duck Gore, or... Shit, I've got a picture of me, little, with uh, the Count Duckula toy. Did you With, have a I'm a little bit jealous. I had a, I had a stuffed cat duck glue toy and I sprayed deodorant in his mouth and it always smelled of that ever since. That's I had, one of those uh, things that you've said it. And yeah, no, you wanted it. <laughs> I think they're still available. Um, and I had a mouth organ and I used to make him play the mouth organ. Oh, did you like at the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't play his own theme. He played other people's themes. That is one thing I hate in TV shows. It's like Homer Simpson coming home, whistling the Simpsons theme. No, that is breaking the fourth wall. No, you can't do that. You can't. You can't whistle the themes. No, right. if you're in the show, you can't whistle it. I'd love to see you set up your own universe for something. The Marvel universe would be very different <laughs> if it was Barnes. Anything can go, but don't reference anyone else's theme in it. Don't reference anything in it if we've learned anything from the Russell Crowe debacle. Uh, almost a Darkwing Duck then. That's a different. That's a different duck based show. Yeah, the Darkwing Duck film. There might be. He does come out of Chip and Dale, doesn't he? Hmm. Oi! And no, I'm gonna have to put a spoiler for that film now. So. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone is listening to this, I'd put money on they've already seen four. And I'll put yeah. money on that they've already seen Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. You know, at the end of the Planet of the Eight. Yeah. Turns out it's that. <laughs> Any, anything else you want to ruin right now? Bruce Willis is a ghost. You know, you, you know Luke Skywalker is always wondering about his lin- lineage. Yeah. Well, it turns out that uh, the bad guy is his dad. I haven't got round to watching that spoiler right now. Oh, no, I've done that joke in Edinburgh, and a girl in the audience went, I think it's six cents. He said, I haven't seen it. Everyone in the audience went, oh, oh shit, you've just bought it for. <laughs> I, don't know, I think if you haven't seen the six cents in 2000 and whatever year it was. Then... 19, I think it was. It's a bit like Macbeth, isn't it? It's like, oh, we can't, you can't say what happened in Macbeth. It's like, well, yeah, you can. <laughs> oh, I'll ruin it for you now. It's like, it, it doesn't end too well for Macbeth. Someone who wasn't born of a woman takes him out. Do you know why theatre people don't say Macbeth for? Because uh, pompous cunts. <laughs> why? No. <laughs> it wasn't super. It wasn't superstition. It was because if a theatre group wasn't doing very well, you yeah. put on Macbeth to make uh... money because it always made money. So no one wants to ever say Macbeth because that means that you're doing very badly. I've been watching QI. <laughs> is it? I don't, I, oh, so it is a kind of middle class pomposity. To yeah, the yeah, you're probably correct with your answer the first time. Oh, wow. 
Romeo and Juliet. Oh, I love those films. There's no what? thought gone into it whatsoever apart from the pun. No, yeah. <laughs> no Romeo and Juliet. And then I thought, right, let's make a film. Let's make a film around that pun. We get we get one, John on. We'll ask Reg. He's probably not doing anything. Go on, you ask some songs for it. Is it like the Lion King? Yeah, of course it is Reg. Come on. <laughs> Do you, I love the way that they refer to him as Reg and not out. <laughs> like, no, I, I call him Reg. Oh, the, the Jubilee is like, come on, when's Reg coming on? Where's Reg? Reg and old? Oh, that's that's caused a few issues, the name Reg in my family. I'll tell you this and we'll get back onto it. My nephew is named after my granddad and he's called Fred. Uh, Frederick, which is a great name. Freddie, like, it's a great, great, solid name after my granddad. And I spoke to my dad the other day going, uh, well, your granddad, Reginald. I went, what do you mean my granddad, Reginald? I'm going, uh, no, his real name weren't Fred. It was Reginald. People just called him Fred. Who, who doesn't have, like, who, who does that? Who doesn't tell their, their, parents, their kids before naming a child after a family member? That's not their real name. Your grandfather. My, my, my dad's dad was meant to go to get my uncle's name put down when he was christened. And he's going to be called Adrian. But he was so pissed when he went to write it down, he just called him Bob because that's what he could spell. <laughs> so he's Bob. He was going to be Adrian if he hadn't got drunk. That's beautiful. I love stuff like that. How would you explain it when you got home? Yeah, you know, you want to call him Adrian? He's called, he's called Robert now because I couldn't spell. But even, even like writing it down on Bob on the birth certificate, so his name is just Bob. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Actually, I think it was the bloke he was with. He went, What's your name? Bob, right? <laughs> 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 so when people say Bob's your uncle, he actually is. Hey. They say, no, he's actually Adrian. Right. Oh. What would you give Cal Duckula? <laughs> yeah, I think we drifted off quite far down the Amazon. I think he's getting high, uh, even though that we've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> I haven't seen yet. Like, I want to yeah. give it 70. I loved it. 70. What about uh, you? Yeah, I think... Uh, how much should we give Danger Mouse? He's wearing Danger Mouse pyjamas in the bed. I thought, very good. See, your bloody Marvels with your crossovers with the franchises. Doing it back then at Colesgrug Hall. That was it. There was only three then. What do you mean? Well, there was only three things to cross over back then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not like Marvel when there are points at the moment where I'm thinking, oh, you're clutching at straws now. Oh, look, there's a Thor character in in a Thor film. Oh, look, there you go. Oh. Here's your crossover. Uh, oh, let's lock it in. Dokula. Terrifying trophy cartoon. So, Chris, are you ready for a little bit of 1996 MasterChef? Yes, I am. Well, MasterChef. Now, uh, before anybody writes in and says, yeah, yeah, MasterChef is, uh, is still going. Uh, I think you'll find, uh, yeah, it's doing really well. We're aware of MasterChef is still going. We are exclusively looking at the 1996 MasterChef, which is a series in its own right, because it's called MasterChef 1996. Now, can we all stop going on about it? Right, so the intro. The egg cracking. The egg. I've put egg. <laughs> it's a bit. It's a bit M&S, isn't it? It is. Even the music is a bit. Oh, look at this lovely ingredients that you can make food with. It's, it's no ready to cook, is it? No. And also, what's it? The Grand Prix of cooking. What's the, the gra- tagline? The British Grand Prix of of amateur chefs. Was that a thing? 
like were amateur chefs like in leagues like amateur dramatic the local drama department will be facing the amateur chefs in the in the final round doing a lovely performance of the scottish play scottish play also when old grossman turned up i was like oh i forgot grossman used to host this with his weird style of hosting the intro on each of those contestants was too long I thought they were going to say what size feet he had at one point, that first guy. (laughs) I did not need that much information on that guy. I just wanted to know. I didn't even care what he did for a living. I just wanted to know what he was going to cook. Didn't he like trains as well? He liked trains. And then when it got to the point going, he also has a carousel that used to be steam-powered, but now he's put a motor in it, and it's his pride and joy. I thought, who cares at all? The, what's, what's he gonna cook? What is he gonna cook? Did you write down what they were cooking? Because I didn't. I all I wrote was fig wine because <laughs> they got very excited about fig wine, and fig wine seems to be something that my grandmother would make, which wouldn't taste that good. Also, when one of them mentioned he had dumplings. As part of his menu, Lloyd wrote, and I quote, uh, I've been waiting for these since 1990 to see some dumplings on the show, but said it in such a condescending manner. It was kind of like (laughs) he hadn't been waiting for those dumplings. It was like, I don't want to see any dumplings on this show. What's with the background? It looks like a Pollock painting. It does. It looks like a Teletubby's jizzed off. And when this chef came on that was the special judge with the celebrity, I was like, who is this bloke? Are they just, just talking to some random man that's... And like, oh, oh, he's a judge as well. I thought they were just going, oh, we just talk to him while they're cooking because we're bored. Also, if someone was to say, draw a chef, you draw that guy. Draw an IT chef. Hello, I am a chef. I cook lots of stuff in, in my restaurants. And there was one point where they explained who he was, which once again was too long. There was a scene where he was with his wife, which they held onto the camera for 30 seconds of her straightening up candles with a ruler. Did you see it? Okay, no, like, oh, this, one, <laughs> this one's slightly off. Going like, if that's your issue, then maybe your food ain't that great. They also had a quiz. Uh, online quiz, if you could guess what the food was meant to be, which I missed them on the telly. And I quote, uh, I will tell you again when you ring up. Like he's there answering the phone. It's, like, <laughs> it's a recorded message, Lloyd. Don't be a tit. Why don't they just use the old how-to method of the uh, the data dump? Was it a data dump? Oh, I can't remember what it was called. The data dump. No, you could have just recorded it. Data flash? Right. No. <laughs> It was a data flash, wasn't it, or something? I can't, I can't remember. Wow, that someone will, and they'll be most infuriated. It's like what? being a doctor, isn't it? All this information about the 90s. I remember it for the week, and then afterwards, gone. Gone again. Also, did you watch this and think, food's a lot better now? Yes. <laughs> like, look at some of these things. Oh, that looks great. I'm thinking it don't. It was, it was more... Um, Laid back pace than it is now with Greg Wallace and the other one. No, now, now it's like, come on, cook the food. Come on, you've only got 10 minutes. Yeah, I can't believe they're not going to do it. And now this time they're like, oh, so you're cooking this? Oh, you're lovely. Oh, oh, thanks very much. Well, well, we'll see you later. It was a lot laid back until uh, Lord Grossman went to talk to one of the contestants and pointed out he had a very good meat cleaver. And did you see the look of fear in that cook's eyes? when he was holding it in his hand, going, like, this is quite a strong meat cleaver. Like, it looked like he was moments away from massacring him. And he also referred to one, one of his utensils, where I think he was meant to say Uzi, as in a gun. But he referred to it, oh, it looks like an Aussie. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Lloyd. Lloyd, Lloyd. I never thought I said this, but it's definitely better now. No, no, it wasn't. It was better then. It was too... Because... You can see in Lloyd's face, he's generally hungry. 
normally nowadays they go oh we have a little we have a little bit of it and that's it no he's like oh when you're gonna make us some food he's like some guy that's come around to be invited around and you notice that most of it was gone when they went around to the tables most of it yeah all three of them were like oh i haven't eaten all day starving in that weird studio what would you make? What would you if you were invited onto MasterChef and God willing someday it happens? What would you make? Uh, a risotto, and a risotto with um, uh, I'm trying to make it more poncy with uh, trapped vegetables. Trapped vegetables. What you trapped draw vegetables. little scared faces on a carrot? No, they they just it's just uh, vegetables in a tin, and. Uh, uh, a chicken oh, korma, a chicken like korma, and, and a chocolate mousse at the end. Do, I don't watch, really watch the new MasterChef that much. Do, do they have to do a three-course meal? I think they get set kind of meals. Yeah, get. that's what I thought. They sort of have one round, then they have, get judged, and then they go back in. Not like then when they're like, but they... basically, <laughs> the, three, the three judges have eaten a three-course three meal in, the, in, the, <laughs> like in, in a, about a couple of minutes. It, it, it was definitely a different pace. I'm just thinking what I'd cook if I was on it. Oh, do you know what I'd make? Cheeseburger mm. pie. So basically, I'd get all the crust ready and then Grossman would come on. Hey, what are you cooking here? So stay away from my meat cleaver. Uh, I'd put <laughs> load, uh, maybe a gherkin, steal the pie, put it in the oven. All right, and that'd be well good. Cheeseburger pie. A taste of America with an English twist. Would it taste any good? Probably not. I mean, like, but that's not what it was about in the 90s, was it? It was about being inventive. Or I'd serve chips, but what I'd do is, like, you know when you want a chip, you want some ketchup, don't you? Mm. Or some vinegar or some mustard. And the problem is, like, you know what you've got on the chips, don't you? Because it's on top. But somehow I'd inject ketchup or mustard into the chip. So when you're sat there eating it, it's like, <laughs> oh, this is exactly what I want. You're basically Willy Wonka. You're going to invent. Exactly. exactly. I would have won that, MasterChef. Uh, I would have won the Michelin stars. I'd have got to meet Michelin Man. It would have been fantastic. Could you imagine, what's his face, the man who cooks all the weird stuff? Heston Blumenthal yeah. on there, cooking all this stuff. We're like, oh, I've, I've uh, hollowed out a Kinder Egg and then I've filled it with, uh, with jam. Sentence. How how easy it would be to hollow out a kinder egg. It's quite easy. You just remove the middle. Just open it. Oh no, I was thinking of a cream egg. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. How you how would you possibly probably open the middle and take the toy out to finish? Yeah, put it back together. Probably blow it back together with the ooze Oh man. I had a mate once who like to cook and he uh oh what did he do he poached a uh, cream egg somehow and it, it was just great it tasted amazing and but it was such a ridiculous process poach this cream egg i think it took like three hours and i was like it weren't good enough to take three hours of my life do you know what i mean like <laughs> it was good but it weren't three hours of my time to poach it because cream eggs are great anyway aren't they you don't need to poach them I'm only saying this to you because I'm pretty sure he don't listen. He could have had the same effect if he just put some fondant around the egg and then step <laughs> for a bit. I just a lot of time and effort was used that didn't need to be used. Tandem what do you mean you bad. didn't know that Lloyd Grossman hosted this? We did through the keyhole last week and thought about Jay Master Chef. It was that, that kind of golden time on the rail yeah. replacement bus. <laughs> of forgetting that he hosted it and then being like, here he is. Because we were doing this, I watched the Reeves and Mortimer sketch of Master Chef again. Oh, him with the big head. <laughs> Hello. But uh, Vic Reeves is doing quite a good Lloyd Grossman impression, really, he underneath is. all that with the big head and the fingers. It just adds to it, doesn't it? And uh, didn't he have a birdhouse in the top of his head? It. I didn't see it. I think the other maybe Bob did. Yeah, it was great, fantastic that sketch. Uh, well, yeah, this 
Matt Lucas in it, and then there's a bum coming through the through the table, <laughs> and then he pokes the bum, and then it's Charlie Higson from the Fox Show. <laughs> oh, we need to do some sketches. We definitely need to do so. It, well, not to that scale because we don't have the money. Uh, this, you liked it, didn't you? I can see in your face. Well, I I liked, I liked the fact that they were basically hungry. That, when I when I worked that out, when I was like, they've just come here for a free meal. That really made me laugh, and I was like, right, I I, I I'm quite enjoying this. I like the quote. You could see in his eyes he was hungry. He <laughs> could. You think you maybe want? sometimes he'd be like telling the contestants, right, don't cook that. No, no, what I actually want for food is this. Could you cook this for me? Do you think he'd ever like brought some oven chips and just slipped them into one of the ovens? So every now and then <laughs> just pull away. What, what, do you, what do you want to give it? Because I think this might be our first real differ. I think 42. Do you know what? I think that's fair. Yeah, I'm going to give it high, but I just I just enjoyed it more. I enjoyed it more than, than the fault show because you know there was a clock at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. It said 38 minutes. I was like, oh god, I've only watched 15 minutes so far. <laughs> <laughs> Did we haven't even mentioned Eureka Johnson? No, uh, she's really posh when she's trying to speak. Oh, hello. Yes, I'm just doing gladiators at the moment. Uh, and she won Junior Master Chef, apparently. <laughs> No, she was the first guest on Junior Martin Chef. She's not that oh. young. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was weird at that point as well of going like... Is that how you think she got a big break? Yeah, I thought that's a weird way to get into it. Being a chef. But if this is the adults doing this, how bland do you think the kids' version of MasterChef was back then? <laughs> what are you doing today? Potato smileys... And a lovely slice of rice pudding. Slice? No, no, rice, rice crispy yes. cakes. I'm freezing it and making it into a cake like so. Rice crispy <laughs> cakes. Wow, uh, off you go. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do, do, do. That's changing rooms. That's changing rooms. Uh, shall we lock it in? Yes. Let's lock it in. Very very polite in, wasn't it? In. Oh. Right, should we get to the winner of this week? <laughs> yes. Right, finders, keepers. Neil Buchanan's back, so yeah. big marks. Yep, not just the host, the owner of the house, as he pointed out. It's a house <laughs> where you can do whatever you want, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And he's like, whose house is it? Our house. Yay. That would be a great song. Do you want to hear a Mandela Effect thing? Yeah. Joseph Bartram went to go and see Finders Keepers recorded. And I think I remember seeing him in the audience, but I probably didn't. I just imagine I did because he said it. That's crazy. I swear, I swear I saw him in the audience. I've been looking for YouTube, just going through every clip, going, I swear, I, I think I saw, because I met him before I met him when he was having his photo taken next to a helicopter. That was definitely him because it was the same school. But <laughs> this, this one, I definitely remember him in the audience. Wow, this is this is the world we live in. Mandela effects on finders keepers. We can go bonkers in the bedroom, crazy in the kitchen, and loony in the living room. Also, let's not forget Jeremy the Voice. <laughs> I've been up here so long. I've been practicing on my bugle. Oh, Jeremy, you ever play it? <laughs> Woo! Now, before we delve into any more, the teams, the teams. Now we had the Yellow Terrors. One of them was a terror because she bullied her younger brothers. And what did Buchanan do? Did he say, actually, you shouldn't be doing that. That's not good for society. He encouraged it. 
it was like that is truly terrible behavior yeah but her brother played the spoons so i think she's quite entitled to bullying (laughs) (laughs) which was nothing on the other team where the, the the mean greens, I believe it was, uh, one who did an impression of Phyllis from Coronation Street, and the other one, John was banned from his parents' room because he fell off the bed and had an accident, but he could also do the voice of Donald Duck. Which takes <laughs> us back as well, going like, sometimes you don't need any backstory, just start the show. Now, when I was little... I could do a Phyllis impression and I used to do Phyllis to the song from Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamco. Um, is it? I close my eyes. Is it? Is that what it is? I think so. Uh, wouldn't it be great if the podcast finishes this week and all there is for three minutes afterwards is you singing. I close my eyes is Phyllis. Well, I remember my mum and dad trying to do it, making me do it in front of my grandparents, and I wouldn't do it. I was going, no, no, I can't do it, and crying and going, no, I don't know, because <laughs> I was embarrassed to do it. But don't I will do it at the end of the podcast. I like that idea. Also, it's that thing as well, like, when parents decide that their child's got a talent, like my, my dad, once again, <laughs> he's featured a lot this week, trying to force us into kind of a PG's tribute. Forced you in. Well, he was like, hey, you like it when you sing the Bee Gees. No one ever mentioned the Bee Gees before. No one even knew who the Bee Gees were, but I reckon he was trying to uh, get some coin out of that. Hanson were big at the time, and he saw he saw a golden opportunity. Boom, bop. What a tune. I, I close uh... my eyes. I can't even do it now. I can't even remember how she what sounds the thing. <laughs> Pull back the curtain, oh, to see for per- was it Percy? Or- yeah, this is old material. <laughs> this is great. You could still probably do Deal Welfare Club with that material, though. Who remembers was- Phyllis from Coronation Street? She's been dead thirty years, but yeah, who remember? Who remembers her? Can, can we please do a set with nothing but nineties material? Where your opening line is, who remembers Phyllis from Coronation Street? <laughs> Until someone says yes, nobody leaves. Oh no, we're not. Right, anyway. Right, right. The stale track, stale track. We got this. So they they had to go and do a little bit of a guessing game to find the answer oh, off yes. a big board, which I think is a funny idea. I think because the funny the funny names coming up to the answers. Quite funny, especially the one that you're thinking of. It was a very funny concept, the idea of, like, what's the name of so-and-so's dog, Winston Churchill, or or stuff like that. But uh, what was the moment that we thought was amazing? (laughs) It gets worse. So the question was for the kids' bedroom. Bear that in mind, the kids' bedroom. (laughs) And the question was... Who owns a chocolate factory? And it came up, Rolf Harris. Yep. So not only a chocolate factory and a kid's bedroom. No one knew. No one. But no one what knew, he did but... was a funny beard. He had a funny beard. Weird thing to say. I think at this point, Neil knew what he was doing money-wise. He was just he was just so rough. Like sometimes, like he would just tell the kids, like well, that kid did that impression. Mm. Of Phyllis, he gently said, "Oh, that's rubbish." <laughs> he was awful to them. He banged them on the head at least once. He hit them with something and said, "This is why we, they wear the helmets." Yeah, can, can we just point out that I think that Neil Buchanan doesn't like kids. <laughs> he also ran around the house so much that at one point I thought he's going to have a heart attack. Imagine that! This is a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but then it tough. took years and years and years before they got Jet from Gladiator to co-host it with him. I think after series one, I'd be like, I'm not running around every house with the kids. You take one team, I'll take the other team. <laughs> this is it. I, can't, I can't keep going from room to room. I'm knackered. Oh, man. Did you ever play this game at home? I probably did. Well, you only get through one room before you get told off and told to go. Well, clean your mess up. And I lived in a bungalow. That, that was it. 
also, I'm getting old now because when they were wrecking the room, I thought someone's got to tie that up when they finished. Do you feel that more and more watching those, these kind of things? Again, yeah, there's going to be some poor assistant, the first job on television, putting all that back. Yeah, <laughs> one of the interns, like, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm working a TV show. Yeah, put it all back together. Uh, put that chicken back in the cupboard, Dave. Why have I put Joe Mangold? Oh, that was one of the names that came up. He's an actor from Neighbours, was it? That is an old school reference. Uh, the Fantasy Room? That a bit weird when they said that after the mention of Rolf, kind of. <laughs> the rest of the show. And I swear at one point, Neil called it an object. Neil, no, I don't think he cared Neil. anymore. <laughs> He's made his arse tap money. Yeah. He actually did make it out of PVA glue and cards. I think I enjoyed it. It was great to watch it back. But the highlight for all of this is when the show finished. Not that the show finished. And the voiceover man went, and I don't know if you wrote this as a note, uh, fans of wigs, uh, if you're a fan of any wigs whatsoever, rejoice. Coming up next is starting to rise. They said, oh, 8 o'clock. And I thought, hang on a minute, this never used to be at 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah, because uh, it's on Challenge. Challenge, yeah. Also, what a weird time to put this on. Like, what adults are watching this back? <laughs> I've answered that question by saying it, I see. <laughs> Us. <laughs> yeah, but this is like a museum of 90. <laughs> what, what do you want to give Finders Keepers? I, well, I love the Neil Buchanan. Is it better than our track? I think it's more no. energetic than our track. It is more interesting. I don't think he's, I don't think he's full Buchanan. No, because in Art Attack, he's on his own. And there might be a reason for that, because he hates kids. <laughs> yeah, also, like, do you want some kids in the studio? No. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. Is <laughs> his no. face when the rail fell on the kid. He was like, but what are you doing? You're, you're just ruining the, the room. I was like, well, this is what they, you want them to do. But he's like, yeah, but not like that. Not- it's your Alfred Safety, Buchanan. It's your Alfred Safety team that have ruined this. We want kids to throw things on the floor. We don't want you to actually break stuff. Also, not many men could pull off a waistcoat like him. No, he's a very stylish man. He is a very stylish man. But then, not now. What's his band called? Mousetrum or something? I don't know, but we're... Uh... Mousetrap. Mousetrap. <laughs> oh, that, what a great name for a band. Mousetrap. At the end... At the end of the show, just a big cage comes down and yeah. traps the lead singer. Yeah, just someone guitar solo. <laughs> I'm up for that. I'd be in a band called Mousetrap. Mousetrap was crap, wasn't it? Apart from the 30 seconds when it went off. The building, not so good. No one actually played Mousetrap. You just sat it, set it up, then let it happen. The big boot. Yeah, it's like, I could do the whole board game or just set it up. <laughs> could I have the fun bit instead. More like Matt's crap. I would give it 57. Precise number. I don't oh, know what, well, well, I think we give it too, we give too many shows on the, on, on the, uh, what's the word? On the oh, zero. And in the, yeah. what's the, the word? What we always give them whole numbers at 57. I'll give it 57. I'm with you. That's good because I've written it down. <laughs> and I'm not changing it. We know the rules now. Once it's on the paper, it's locked in. So let's lock it in. So that was your final one. Locked in, find or keep. Finders, keepers. I hope you've find had a, a lovely keep. week. Finder, keepers. Find a keepers. Hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Uh, I've been AMJ and this has been Chris Barnes. And the singer's out is Phyllis from Coronation Street. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.
close my eyes, draw back the curtain, ooh, ooh. to busy for certain, ooh, what ooh. thoughts I knew. Ooh. I, I, I don't know the rest of the words. It was a great effort. Great effort. Thank you. Thank you, Phyllis. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.